Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. You are listening to the Build Your Network podcast. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Build Your Network podcast. Panos, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Hi, Eric, and thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited to have you on the episode. And, you know, a lot of times we go back to the beginning and look at what brought people to where they're at. But your path really started with education and technology in the very beginning. So what puts you on that path? What got you interested in how uh, technology and education kind of mix? I guess education is the, is the family business. My great-grandfather used to be a, a teacher. So my, my father was a teacher. So I think, uh, and also in, in the Greek society in general, education is very much respected, you know, the position of, of the teacher. Also, I mean, always keen, very keen to, to learn, learn new stuff. And uh, as a computer scientist, I found myself drawn to, to education. So at first I got a degree in computer science. And at that level, I was very interested in how we can use technology to enhance learning. And I totally believe that learning is perhaps the only superpower that we possess as, as humans. It, it's, a, it's an amazing tool that can broaden our horizons. It can help us advance in society. It's, a, it's one of the few things where we can really 
fulfill our true potential. So combining technology with everything can make it like so much bigger and, so, and give it so much, uh, like have a, a huge catalytic effect. Combining technology with education is something that can really unlock a huge superpowers for everyone. Well, e-learning is common now. You know, we talk about it all the time with courses and books and, you know, PDFs and all this kind of stuff. But 20 years ago, you know, e-learning was not on the forefront of a lot of people's mind. What was the landscape like when you first jumped into this world? And, you know, what did you see on the horizon when you first got started? It's strange because the use of technology for enhancing learning and education is something that goes back several thousands of years Speech is the very is the very first technology, and then you had writing, and even at that point, there's a, an anecdote, there's a, a story going back to to Socrates about how he wasn't thrilled with the discovery of writing because he thought that people would start forgetting because obviously mm. back then people were remembering whole epics and we could recite them by heart. So a writing, which is the very first form, I guess, of, of, of educational technology, could really hamper the brain's native fun- functionality. And educational technology, like coming closer to our age with the understanding that we have about technology, was always a revolution waiting to happen, always a revolution five years in the, in the future. The, the first form of massive educational technology that was used was about 140 years ago with educational gramophone. So people used to record lectures from uh, from famous teachers and they used to distribute that. And it was an amazing discovery. Imagine being on the other side of the world and being yeah. able to, to, uh, to have something like that. And then there was educational radio, uh, which uh, was quite in certain countries like Australia was a big thing all the way to the 50s and the 60s. And it was, then there was educational TV, and then the internet came in, but there was always something missing. When we started dealing with educational technology, we started, we built with my co-founders. In fact, we studied together and we we did PhDs in educational technology together back in the early 2000s. We built our first platform in the year 2000, actually. And it was technically, it was very, very difficult to include video. It's something that we now take for granted, being able to have like great quality, video quality, Back then, recording a video, even having access to the basic material, like a, a decent camera and, uh, and the internet and all this stuff, and being able to, to transmit an edu- a, a lecture was something that you could only do in a, in a university setting yeah. or in, a, in the intranet of a, of a large corporation. But we kept, and anybody, I guess, in the, in the field kept pushing the envelope, trying to see what is the next thing, what we can do, how we can create more interactivity and how we can go beyond the basic stuff of just throwing a PDF at somebody and considering this to be learning. And in fact, this is also what got us to, to create this business. We, we were researching and we were doing some great research within the academia, within the university about the, like researching the state of the art of e-learning. Mm-hmm. But when you went outside and you were checking the actual platforms that people are using on an everyday basis, it was just like that. Just throwing a PDF at somebody and saying, yeah. okay, now you've learned, you have been trained. That's not e-learning. So uh, what we wanted to create, click, interactive, engaging learning experiences. And this is why we set out to, to create this, uh, this learnables, this, uh, this platform that helps everybody create and sell online courses. And, mm-hmm. and especially for, for millennials today and people like after that, 
everybody is used to having slick digital experiences with their iPads and their tablets mm. and their gaming devices. So a PDF doesn't cut it anymore. The, 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 right. the bar is much, much higher than that. Right. Well, I mean, COVID kind of accelerated everything, right? I mean, it, it working from home, but it also, for people who are entrepreneurs, it gave them a, a situation where they can't go to live events. They can't, you know, be out in a meetup somewhere training somebody. So a lot of people pivoted into online courses for the first time. People that have been putting it off, you know, put off e-learning for a long time. We're now suddenly trying to figure it out. And look, having access to technology is one thing. Uh, being able to have a, a camera that you can record on, almost everybody in 2021 has some setup they can they can do this on. But there is the element of how do you make it actually useful and how do you create content that actually educates somebody? I, I'm sure for you sitting in the background, you got a head start on everybody. You're watching people jump into this world. What are some of the biggest mistakes you saw people make when they stepped into this world for the first time? As you mentioned, we, COVID has been a catalytic event, especially for e-learning, but also for many other businesses, all kinds of e-transactions, e-commerce. In fact, we were seeing all the trends even before that. I mean, the, the trends towards e-learning, virtualization of education, different forms of consuming different forms of socializing with all the social media, people trying to escape nine to five and create their own business and become digital nomads and being able to create passive income and uh, be free from time restrictions and place restrictions. And, uh, and uh, these were things that were already happening. But I guess right. before COVID, we were working with the early adopters, the ones that we had already understood mm -hmm. that there were already, already some amazing online schools, experts, who saw the potential in e-learning without having to be constantly on a plane and travel around in order to meet their customers, they were able to create an online version of their course, usually passive, like recorded, which would allow people to, to learn anywhere, anytime. Obviously, COVID made that accessible and also necessary and mandatory for everyone. In the, in the first couple of months of, uh, of e-learn, of, uh, after covid we had people coming to us and they were trying to solve to solve all sorts of different problems, some of which the platform wasn't designed for. So we had conferences who couldn't happen online anymore, like a, a surgeon's uh, conference uh, somewhere from Texas, if I remember correctly, with a couple thousand people. They had to scrap the conference and they were trying to find some kind of online tool that would help them to meet online, exchange information, have comments and discussions and all this stuff. So in this case, there we had what we called emergency education and emergency online courses. A yoga studio who had to shut down because of all the lockdowns and couldn't be open. And we managed to help so many hundreds and after a few months, thousands of people just by helping them go online. This happened either by quickly recording online courses or plugging in, uh, I don't know, a Zoom or another online uh, video conferencing tool and being able to teach live anywhere, anytime. The amazing thing is that while they were doing that, they even when restrictions, I guess, were lifted in, in some cases, they started realizing the potential of that. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a teacher, how many hours per week you can teach? Like 30, 40, 50? Right. What is your addressable audience? Is your neighborhood, your city, your country perhaps? But by going online, you have a platform, the course and the digital product that you can sell 24-7 to a global audience. So at that point, you have, you have these little light bulb moments and, and people started thinking, okay, this can, this can scale vast. I mean, okay, 
It's great if I'm online and I teach and I can always do one-on-one -on -one classes and small group classes. All these restrictions certainly apply in the online world as well. Mm. But if I, I create a, a packaged product or a subscription or a, a self-paced course, then I can create it once and I can sell it hundreds or even thousands of times. And then I can keep enhancing. I can keep adding new things. I don't have to redo it all over again. So that was an amazing realization. And the tendency, I guess the trajectory has been already set. During the peak of the pandemic, we had about 1.7 billion kids that were experiencing one or another form of distance learning. In some cases, it was something as rudimentary as, I don't know, taking a photo of something that they had written and sending it to the teacher. And in other cases, it was a full virtual classroom with iPads and, uh, and uh, pens and digital uh, ink and, and all this stuff. So they have experienced it. They will continue using it. And we're yeah. not here to replace schools. We're not here to replace universities. But there are so many cases where online learning may, is so much more efficient, effective, and can complement other forms of learning. And I cannot even, when hopefully COVID will, uh, will, uh, will stop being an issue, I don't see a future where a company, let's say, would like to train 300 employees and will gather them all in a hotel for yeah. five hours of, of PowerPoint. There will be a riot. We will meet again, hopefully have conferences, shake hands, drink coffee together and exchange information. But the, the basic teaching scenario is not worth it to do it uh, like in a, in a physical setting. There are so many other ways where you can, this can be complemented. And, and I guess one of the things that we saw one of the, I would say, few positive side effects of COVID is that people, especially online trainers, have been cured of their perfectionism. Mm. Everybody in the past wanted to have, you know, the perfect audio, the perfect video, like Hollywood grade uh, microphones and all yeah. this stuff. And I, we've seen teachers, experienced teachers who spend dozens, in some cases, even hundreds of thousands to create amazingly looking online courses, but Sometimes enough, good enough is good enough. And, uh, yeah. and that's something that we discovered during COVID. We had to, to make uh, important meetings with kids and dogs and pets and whatever uh, ar running around. So if you have something valuable to say, if you know something, a, a subject that you're passionate about, and there is demand out there, and, and I can assure you that for every niche, tiny thing that somebody might know, there is somebody out there who wants to learn it. And that's a difference of, of potential here. And uh, that can create, you know, a transaction. People would be willing to, uh, to th that's where you can exchange value, either for money or for, for some, uh, for some other, other reason. Our advice to anybody who knows something very well is just launch it. Just do a course. It can be a mini course. You don't have to do a full curriculum. That's another frequent mistake we see where people plan for months and they go out and create a huge online course of, I don't know, 30 hour recorded video, and then they launch it and crickets because yeah. they haven't verified that this thing is needed, that there's an audience. First, you have to create the audience, then you can create the minimum viable course. It can be just a chapter. Mm -hmm. In some cases, it can be just a couple of, uh, of videos. You can pre-launch it. You can even pre-sell it. Start putting it in front of actual users who care and will give you feedback. And that can be the start of an amazing flywheel of continuous improvement and more and more uh, customers coming in and, and consuming that online course. So right. in, in some cases, you just have to do the first step, launch your course, and things will, uh, will happen from there. 
This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. You mentioned launching, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, which is something we preach all the time. You know, it's better done than perfect. And also sometimes you don't know if what you have is valuable until an audience tells you it's valuable. So you don't want to spend all your time and money, especially money, dumping into these these programs that may or may not be effective. But I am curious, you mentioned getting in front of the right audience. And there's probably people listening who their biggest you know, resistance against starting a course is, you know, I don't have a huge audience. I don't have a ton of followers. Where would you say someone should be before they consider investing into launching a course? Should they have a large podcast following or a large social following? Does it matter how big your audience is if you have it the right niche? Where should someone look to to analyze and see if they should get started? It matters, of course, uh, but uh, it's not uh, it's not mandatory. So we have seen some amazing uh, launches, super successful from people who already had the content and already mm-hmm. had the audience. That's the ideal case where you, you already have or are able to create fast uh, the content that uh, you would like to put into the course, but also you have an audience. But the audience doesn't necessarily have to be half a million of followers sure, or, I don't right. know, a, a huge a huge podcast, or you don't have to be a super celebrity, but you have to know where your customers are. You have to follow their leads. And it doesn't always, it's not always the, the you know, the obvious places like, uh, I don't know, Facebook or a, a YouTube or a huge group mm-hmm. like that. In some cases, it can be very niche. It can be a meetup. It can be a list. It can be the list of a business, the email list of a business. It can be an amazing starting place. It can be a clubhouse. It can be a private Facebook group. All sorts of, uh, it can be a niche uh, uh, thread in, in Reddit 
where you find yeah. like-minded people who are interested in this particular subject. So by being present where your potential students or, or customers or followers are going to be, this is where you will discover what they're interested in, what are the most hot trends around that subject, how this should be presented, and also how you should package and how much you should sell your course for. So uh, you, you have to stay in contact. Uh, you cannot create a course in isolation. Even if you are the top expert in your field and you have the best possible content, it will not work. You have to meet your audience. You have to go where they are. You have to see what they're interested in. And then you can create a prototype and start from there. One of the best advices we, we give, let's say, best based on the feedback that we get, is that even if you don't have an audience, start with a free mini course. Get right. one subject, one concept, one thing, one task, skill, whatever, uh, that the audience you are targeting is interested in. It can be a 10-minute explanation on a, on a marketing concept, on a programming concept, on the photography, how to use a particular software, how to, I don't know, DIY, uh, something that you do with wood, leather, whatever. I have seen all of it. Create a free mini course around that and just share it in the social media and especially where you believe your students will be. They will sign up, they will use it, they will give you feedback, good feedback, sometimes bad feedback, all feedback is, uh, is, uh, is good and, and, and formative. And uh, you, this is how you will start your list or you will grow your, your list. And these people are going to be your eventual first customers, especially if you listen to them and if you provide back things that are of value. Yeah, that's, that's super, super helpful. I want to talk specifically to Learn World because it, you know, you mentioned Zoom, you mentioned uh, some of these different platforms. And, and the other thing people might be thinking is, you know, I could just use a platform like Zoom. I could go through, you know, Facebook group guides, you know, and set up something there. What's the benefit of using a tool like this? And uh, what does it offer that, you know, going live on Facebook or something like that wouldn't necessarily do? What it does is that it simply works. So we have seen so, so many different teachers and trainers effectively be stopped by technology or by their lack of access to technology and tools that would help them. Not everybody can afford a web developer, a designer, a marketer, like a full team who would stand behind them and, and prepare everything. And, and we've seen how difficult it is for people to set up all, all the technology. So, and we have seen some amazing courses that were never launched because the person wasn't super happy with the landing page or how they could set up the automations and at some point they, they, they stopped. So again, our advice here is just launch it, even if not everything is like super ironed out as, as you would like, but also try to think simple. And, and this is where a platform, uh, Learables is an all-in-one platform where we help you you get an online school right out of the box. So even if somebody doesn't have a website, LearnWolves becomes their website. So they can just plug in their domain name and they have their, their own uh, website, online school, where they can just uh, showcase their courses. They plug in a payment gateway and they can start accept, accepting payments right away. So in some cases, we have seen courses being launched and making revenue in a couple of days. And that's uh, mm -hmm. without any developers, without any designers, because everything simply works out of the box, e-commerce ready, beautiful templates uh, for for everybody for everybody's sites. And and sometimes we, we we people come to us and they say, okay, I already have a a website, or I'll try setting up something in a, like in WordPress or another platform or like a plugin. 
And we see it every day that this can really fast become a nightmare, like trying to handle all these different plugins and things stop working. And it might work for the first 50 customers or, or the first 100 customers, but after that, it really can uh, can become a cow. So what, sure. what we're doing with the platform is we, we help people focus on what actually matters, not the technology, but creating the best possible content and bringing it in front of their uh, of their customers. We simply let the online teachers be online teachers and not have to do all this juggling of the technology. That's super, super helpful. Well, I, I got to ask you as we wrap up here, um, you know, we are the Build Your Network podcast and you're so focused on uh, education. I'm curious to hear your answer on this. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? Wow. I guess it's an interplay between the between the between the two. We live in a work of in a world of network effects. So uh, unless you are able to showcase that, then you don't have anything. And this is also what online courses do. Uh, it's it's part of not just what you know, but how you're able to package it and how you're able to to promote it. And in fact, online courses can be an amazing way of broadening your network and how you can make uh, the, your uh, your impact be felt much further and with much uh, bigger bigger like intensity. Yeah, that's super interesting. And I, I definitely encourage people to check out this platform because there is a lot of really, I mean, we've seen it over the last two years, but even before that, how valuable courses can be to building relationships. And, you know, obviously that's a key part of our brand, building relationships, getting in front of our customers, even when they can't necessarily get to us. It's a, it's a great way to do this. And even this, I, I want to touch on something you said about uh, COVID, you know, things coming to an end with that. It's still a useful tool. This hybrid model is important because it's not just replacing an event because hopefully we'll get back to those. It's also strengthening those relationships when you're in between events. You know, when someone sees your face pop up between, you know, an event in 2020 and one in 2021, that does a lot to bring them closer to your brand and closer to you. And uh, I love tools like this that help us do just that. Uh, I'm going to move us here into a quick rapid round. I've got some quick questions for you, some quick answers, and then we'll wrap up and uh, and close out the episode. First and foremost, uh, what profession other than your own do you think would be fun to attempt? I have attempted, I, I guess, quite a few, always around educational technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, teaching is one of my, my passions. When I was doing my PhD, I was also a computer science teacher in a high school that's always being around, you know, young people who are eager to learn, especially an interesting right. subject, can be a great experience. So that's something that I would really love to, to do again. If you could sit on a park bench with anybody past or present and ask them anything for an hour, who would it be and why? Wow. I, I'm not sure if they would have the patience to sit with me in an <laughs> hour, but I guess bringing them back from the dead would uh, would make it uh, compulsory for them. I would say Einstein would be. That's mm. a, an icon of mine. I've read uh, all the, most of his biographies. So I, if he could stand me for an hour, I, did, I don't think he would have more patience than four minutes, but I would really love to have even those four minutes. Sure. You you just mentioned reading, but I'm curious, what's your favorite way to learn new information? Is it books, audiobooks, podcasts, blogs, courses? What's your uh, favorite way to learn? I guess uh, I'm a kind of a traditional guy. So books and being able to go deep into into a subject and uh, and even when I have the time, scientific papers for a particular subject are, are always the most authoritative way. 
But I, I always find that online courses can be an amazing shortcut. So if you don't have all the time to go deeply, you know, and study a subject for three months, there are there's amazing value that we you can get by an online course about the subject that is of interest to you, either professional, if you want to upskill, reskill, or you know, try to to uh, to improve your situation, or even for personal gain, like yeah. I don't know, becoming a better cook or uh, doing some different different kind, improving your your health, your lifestyle. So it's it's an amazing thing that what you can get out of an online course. Give me a glimpse of your morning routine. I guess waking up at six thirty, preparing uh, my daughter for uh, for school until uh, the school bus comes, and then uh, off to the to the office by I guess uh, seven fifteen. Couple hours of emails, and then morning meetings. Do you have a go to pump up song that you're playing while you're driving to work? It's usually something hard rock related, <laughs> so that's always the the best thing to uh, to to start the day. Rammstein comes to mind with his. Uh, a German uh, industrial rock, I would say, hard rock band. What is something that you're not very good at? I'm not always very good at uh, at hiding my impatience or boredom, I, I guess. And that has to do with the pressure of with my co-founders managing a business that is scaling and, right. uh, and growing so fast. So... Time becomes uh, much, uh, much uh, like uh, very pressive, pressing items. Always trying to, you know, to save a few minutes here and there to put it into the into the important stuff. Awesome. Well, hopefully, we'll get you out right on time with this last question. What is one place where people can connect with you the most online? People can always uh, watch one of the webinars that we're constantly doing with uh, with live questions, and they can always shoot us an email at hello at learnwolves.com. I always follow all these emails, so happy to, to connect. Perfect, perfect. Well, Panos, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I really appreciate it. And we'll definitely link out to the show notes so people can check out your platform, find out more about you, and uh, get into this world of online learning. I think it's really, really helpful for our audience. So thank you. Thanks for having me, Mary. Stay safe. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.